What song is it you want to hear? Welcome to the Secret Chord Podcast. I'm your host, Adam Jacobs. The Secret Chord explores spirituality through the lens of great music. And we're sponsored by SuperJeweler.com, my favorite online fine jewelry destination. And without further ado, please enjoy this podcast. Hello all. Welcome to episode 29 of the Secret Chord Podcast. We're going in a different direction this week with a new genre, and I'd like to explore a famous show tune that became a jazz standard. We're going to talk about the evolution of the song, and I'm excited to share three selections, three versions of a timeless classic, a song called My Favorite Things. So this song began with the composers Rodgers and Hammerstein. They were a famous songwriting duo. Richard Rodgers, and lyricist Oscar Hammerstein. Together, they were an influential and innovative, very successful American musical theater writing team. They created a string of popular Broadway musicals in the 1940s and 50s, initiating what is considered the golden age of musical theater. Five of their Broadway shows, Oklahoma, Carousel, South Pacific, The King and I, and The Sound of Music, were blockbuster successes and are now regarded as classics. They wrote more than 850 songs between them. The song we'd like to explore today comes from The Sound of Music, and at first blush might not seem like much. A cute ditty sung by an Austrian nanny and former nun to the kids in order to comfort them during a thunderstorm. Why has this song from 1959 had such a durable impact on popular culture? What makes it so catchy and so appealing? Let's give a listen to the original movie soundtrack, as was sung by Julie Andrews back in 1965. This is the Broadway classic, My Favorite Things. Raindrops on roses and whiskers on kittens, bright copper kettles and warm woolen mittens, brown paper packages tied up with strings, these are a few of my favorite things. Cream-colored ponies and crisp apple strudels Doorbells and sleigh bells and schnitzel with noodles Wild geese that fly with the moon on their wings These are a few of my favorite things Girls in white dresses with blue satin sashes Snowflakes that stay on my nose and eyelashes Silver white winters that melt into springs These are a few of my favorite things Now, we know that there's a certain genius to originating something, but there's another type of genius, which is the ability to pick up that original product, to understand that there is more than had been imagined, something deeper and hidden, and then to take it to the next level. For instance, Bach didn't invent the fugue, a musical style based on imitative counterpoint, but is widely thought to have perfected it. There are countless examples of this in music and in other aspects of life, but I always get a charge out of it when I see it done well, musically. For instance, there's Cyndi Lauper's version of Time After Time. And then, of all people, this pop song made an impression on the ultra-cool jazz legend Miles Davis. As pretty as the Cyndi version is, and giving her full credit as the writer, 
Miles was able to look even more deeply into this tune and to reveal, in my opinion, even more depth. And this is the point. Part of it was dormant. It was hidden. These concealed aspects of reality are very often the most interesting. For instance, nothing was known about the inner workings of the cell less than 100 years ago. We now know it to be a world unto itself with incredible micro-machines with the ability to assemble complex proteins with astonishing speed and efficiency. We also now know that the atom contains an unfathomable amount of energy. Did you know that 33 pounds of uranium is all that's needed to produce a nuclear weapon? Who would have thought that a hunk of metal that you could carry in your back contains enough power to destroy an entire city? What other mysteries lie hidden from us but in plain sight? In my thinking, there's a whole spiritual order that has yet to be fully understood, though we interact with it daily in all sorts of ways. No one would have believed that the cell and the atom are what they actually are in reality. So too, what we currently regard as transcendent will eventually come to be described as merely mundane. To paraphrase something that the linguist Noam Chomsky said, what we understand we call physical, and what we don't yet understand we call metaphysical. Besides the aforementioned Miles Davis, there is perhaps no figure as towering in the jazz world of the 1950s and 60s than John Coltrane. In many ways, he single-handedly revolutionized jazz, and more than any other musician, orally captured the zeitgeist of the 1960s. He was a deeply spiritual man, and it's not hard to detect the yearning for transcendence that's present in his music. Coltrane borrowed my favorite things from Rodgers and Hammerstein and launched it into orbit. His version is quite long, so we won't be able to hear the whole thing. But let's at least get a taste of this masterpiece. This is My Favorite Things by the great John Coltrane.
What a gorgeous and astounding piece of music. We'll get back to that in just a moment. So I bet if I asked 10 people what their favorite things were, nine of them, assuming that they're married, would say their wedding rings. And if not that, then a favorite bracelet, necklace, or family heirloom. Either way, there's no doubting that jewelry is very important to people and makes them happy. Take it from me that the very best place to buy jewelry online is at superjeweler.com. Superjeweler.com has an incredible selection, beautiful craftsmanship, and an unmatched cost anywhere on the internet. So go visit superjeweler.com and use the promo code ADAM20, which will allow you to save 20% on anything and everything on the site. That's superjeweler.com, millions of happy customers since 1999. Okay, the music of John Coltrane. In John's official bio, it notes that 1957 is considered the year Coltrane truly became Coltrane. During that 12-month period, his compulsion to practice incessantly led to the first phase of his signature style, slaloming through changes, playing and replaying scalar patterns, an outpouring of harmonic stacking the critic Ira Gilder famously dubbed sheets of sound. In his last year with Atlantic, John added the soprano saxophone to his repertoire and the pianist McCoy Tyner to his band. The confluence of the two led him to record the waltz-time Broadway show tune, My Favorite Things. From the musical, as we mentioned, The Sound of Music. He did it as a raga-flavored modal piece. The unlikely reimagining became a radio hit and his biggest commercial success. It also had an influence on many rock acts, especially the jam bands of the 1960s with their long-form soloing. The long organ and guitar solos on Light My Fire, for instance, come directly from Coltrane's impact. John was also one of the world's great religious musicians, and another who was perfectly transparent about it. Like many people, his life struggles specifically led to his spiritual development. In 1957, John had a religious experience that may have helped him overcome the heroin addiction and alcoholism that he had struggled with since 1948. In the liner notes to A Love Supreme, one of his all-time great albums, he states that in 1957 he experienced, quote, by the grace of God, a spiritual awakening which was to lead me to a richer, fuller, more productive life. At that time, in gratitude, I humbly asked to be given the means and privilege to make others happy through music. After he was divorced from his first wife, Naima, who he kept a close relationship with, he told her that in 1964 that 90% of his playing would be prayer. And from an essay entitled John Coltrane's Spiritual High Points at a website called OxfordAmerican.org, we learn the following. Coltrane, for his part, thought of music in spiritual terms, not regional ones. Let us sing all songs to God, he wrote in a poem accompanying a love supreme. No road is an easy one, but they all go to God. His command of the saxophone, so legendary, was achieved not for its own sake, but because he was searching for a pathway to the divine. I would love to discover a process, he said, such that if I wanted it to rain, it would start raining. If one of my friends was sick, I would play a certain tune and he would get better. What a beautiful mix of the spiritual and the musical worlds. Let's consider the original lyrics for a moment. Girls in white dresses with blue satin sashes, snowflakes that stay on my nose and eyelashes, silver-white winters that melt into springs, these are a few of my favorite things. And then it goes on to say, When the dog bites, when the bee stings, when I'm feeling sad, I simply remember my favorite things, 
and then I don't feel so bad. It's so deceptively simple, this song, but so profound at the same time. And note the rhythm inherent in the phraseology. It makes you want to bounce along with it. From a spiritual perspective, this is the classic formula for happiness. Namely, where you direct your attention affects your experience of reality. As the sages of the Mishnah stated, who is the happy person? The one who is satisfied with his lot, who focuses on the good. As Coltrane said, I know that there are bad forces, forces that bring suffering to others and misery to the world. I want to be the opposite force. I want to be the force which is truly good. Only that which you think about becomes part of your reality. One person might notice the homeless guy and feel sad. One might feel indifferent, while another might feel anger. The raw material of our experience is out there. What we pay attention to and what meaning we assign to it has an immediate and direct effect on our emotional states. So, when the dog bites and the bee stings, which for sure they will in some form or another, remembering your favorite things or choosing to focus on the good will indeed make one feel less bad. I promised you three versions. And it's true that there's a popular one out there by Ariana Grande. However, the one I'd like to play for you today is one of my favorites. This is a beautiful rendition by Leslie Odom Jr., who portrayed Aaron Burr in The Great Hamilton. Let's take a listen. Raindrops on roses and whiskers on kittens Bright copper kettles and warm woolen mittens Brown paper packages tied up with strings These are a few of my favorite things Cream-colored bones and crisp apple strudels Doorbells and sleigh bells and schnitzel with noodles Wild geese that fly with the moon on their wings mm, the Girls in white dresses Blue satin sashes Snowflakes that stay on my nose and eyelashes Silver white winters that into springs These are a few of my favorite things When the dog bites When the bee stings When I'm feeling sad I simply remember my favorite things Then I don't These are my thoughts on the wonderful classic song, My Favorite Things. I hope you've enjoyed listening and considering these ideas. And as always, we'll be back next week with more music and more ideas. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening. Please consider leaving a comment or a review 
to help us spread the word. And please subscribe to the podcast on any of the major podcasting platforms. To support us, please visit our Patreon account. And if you'd like to communicate with me directly, please feel free to email me at ajacobs at h.com. The Secret Chord is produced and engineered by Naor Cohen. <laughs>